the Disky Chicks Podcast for business leaders, HR directors, coaches, and those interested in learning how to use the DISC assessment to grow self-awareness, improve communications, and develop leaders and teams. Please welcome your hosts, business coaches Martha Fourlines and Cindy Jacoby. They are loud and proud about all things DISC. Welcome to season four of the Disky Chicks. Martha and I have changed things up. We are moving into the new world. What do we, how do we describe it, Martha? <laughs> Instead of just doing audio, which you're listening to right now, we are also recording ourselves live and uncut. So we will put those recordings up on our Facebook page at Disky Chicks Podcast. Look for that on Facebook. If you want to see us and anytime we have a visual, you'll be able to see it on that visual. But otherwise, sit back and listen to the Disky Chicks Podcast. Thanks for joining us. Good afternoon and welcome to the next episode of the Disky Chicks. I'm Cindy Jacoby, your host, along with my partner, Martha Fourlines. And our topic so far this month has been talking about growth and how do you use assessments for growth? And hopefully you got to hear last week's podcast where Martha has went through my profile and talked about some of my DISC assessment results and what I needed to do more of and what I probably could benefit from doing less of. She was very kind to coach me through it <laughs> unrehearsed, but now it was the, tables fun. Are, <laughs> the tables are turned and I have Martha's profile in front of me. Um, we do know that you guys are very well-versed in DISC, so we're going to focus today's coaching session with me coaching Martha, specifically looking at the driving forces. And we have several episodes about the driving forces. So if you want to go back and, and refresh your memory on those, we, uh, you'll get a good understanding, but, and we'll talk about Martha's top four. Mm-hmm. Any questions or comments, Martha? Are you- no, no, I'm, I'm excited about this. And the the main reason we're doing growth and development is because it's spring, time for new growth, new ideas, new way of doing things. And so that's why we're focusing on aspects of our assessments that speak to where your strengths are and where your development opportunities are. And I think since we've started going video instead of um, just audio, it's a great opportunity for you to be able to see the actual assessments and to understand the value of the reports and what we do with them. Exactly. And I'm trying to get this to focus. My screen shouldn't quite make it down. So let me do one little quick thing and I'll try it again. Okay. As you know, we also are uncut so it used to be that we looked flawless before when we were doing our audio podcasts but now um we're uncut so you can see any flaws we have so martha can you see the screen and can you see your desk scores well i can the the image is a little big i don't know if you can make it a little teeny bit smaller how about that yeah there we go i can see the whole thing the truth is shown (laughs) and we're not going to spend a lot of time on disc, as I mentioned, but it is, it is, it makes sense to keep the disc in mind as you're going through the driving forces because disc is what you see. And Martha's 
graph is very diverse as far as it goes. She's either way up or she's way down. If we did the continuum where the graph was on its side, she'd either be way right or way left in each one of these factors. So Martha is, a, if you're listening to this, Martha is a very high I, she's 100% and a 92D. So that's what she leads with, her I and her D. She's assertive, charming, funny, uh, but she's looking for results. Her lower two scores are the S and the C with the S at about a 25 and that's her pace, which is fast. And then the C is a five. And, and like me, I think mine was a three. I, I feel like they just don't give zeros. So yeah. we're about yeah. as low as we can get. And just remember those things below that line drive your behavior as much as sometimes, if not more than what's above the line, because that compliant, the detail orientation and analytical um, capabilities, yeah, and following rules, all of that really has a huge impact on how I show up. You know, and now that you say that, um, you know, I, I, so Martha, we would call her an ID. Really, she's an I over a C because that C is a five out of a hundred. Yes. C is a 92. So there's the, the five of that is, is more reflective in, in the way Martha moves about. So yeah, thank you for, for sharing that. It's a great point. We always think of the high, uh, we, but we have to remember as, as far away as you are from the midline, that's what is going to influence your behavior the most and make it harder for you to pull those things back to the middle. They're harder to change. Right. Put Martha in a dark room to code. It's not going to go well for very long. She can do it because we can do anything, but it's whether she likes to do it or she naturally likes to do that. So it's, it's very stressful. Indeed. Right. Very <laughs> stressful. Yeah. So if we go to the next page and look at Martha's primary driving forces, uh, her top driving force is receptive. And if you think about uh, what a driving force is, this is the why behind that action that you see, that right. C, that I, that low C. Why is she behaving this way? Well, receptive people driven by new ideas, methods. She likes to look for new things, change things up. And just looking at Martha's score, her score is a 92. And the average score for the American population who's taken this test is a 46. So uh, Martha is outside the first standard deviation above the mean. So all right. that is saying is that 68% of the population fall between 20 and 70. Martha's a 90. So Martha, this is extreme for mm -hmm. as compared to the rest of the population. What does this mean to you? How does, how does this yeah, how do you yeah. react to this? Well, I love, um, I'm, I'm not risk adverse because of that high dominant. And I do have all that um, creative energy with that combination of the influencer and the dominant. So I have to tell a story on myself. When I first started my business back in 2007, I was trying to really figure out what my niche was going to be. And it was my receptive came into play in a big way because I kept exploring, oh, well, what about this? And what about that? And no, that sounds better. And <laughs> so I really got dug myself in a hole because I couldn't really 
focus on getting to what my niche should be. And so I tried a couple of things and that didn't necessarily work. And, you know, finally a few years later, because they always say when you start a new business, it's three to five years before you really find your kind of your zone, if you will, I was able to do that. Um, However, being too exploratory can be a negative thing because I used a lot of energy, not that productively, which we'll get to another one of my driving forces here in a minute. But, um, but I do like new things and trying new things. And I'm, um, I just sat through a day long session that HBR had for, for leaders, if you want to be a high performing leader kind of a program, it was a great, um, set up a lot of great speakers. And so I sat through that, which is hard to believe because for me to sit through it for that long, but, but I like getting new ideas of things I can incorporate into my coaching practice or my consulting practice with my clients. So that sounds like you're still getting to be receptive. You still get new ideas, but you're Mm -hmm. not so receptive that it changes what direction you're going in. You, your, your rudder is still going in the same direction, but you right. might add a few bells and whistles to keep right. things fresh and new. Is that right. fair to say? Yeah. And, and it's, um, it's positive movement now to improve things, continuous improvement of how I can be a better service to my clients. Okay. So yeah, it, it's, it's much, much better. Yeah. <laughs> much that, better. that drive for new ideas with those disc behaviors of moving fast, being optimistic. I can see easily how you could, you know, veer off in a million different directions. Oh, you're talking about little, little bunny rabbit trails, right? (laughs) Right. It was was terrible. It was terrible. (laughs) All right. So your next uh, primary driving force, and, and typically your first and your second one is what drives our behavior. It includes the third and the fourth quite often, but then remember there's 12 of these. So your, your top four are typically what we'll see the most. Martha's mm-hmm. second one is intellectual. Her score is 86. That's pretty darn high. The average American is 54 and the standard deviation above and below the mean is between 30 and I'd say about 78, according to mm-hmm. this graph. So once again, there's um, 68% of the population falls in, in between those two numbers. And Martha is outside of that. So again, this is another more extreme, you know, mm-hmm. not the mainstream, but more extreme um, mm-hmm. case for intellectual. So this right. is under the topic of knowledge, mm-hmm. you know, looking for knowledge, seeking knowledge, And the intellectual side of that are people who love to learn and learn new things. Now, this may have something to do with your all-day seminar that you just sat through. Yeah, that HBR thing. (laughs) Right, exactly. And the other side of that intellectual, if you're following at home, um, is that... um, Intentional. Intentional learning. You still love to learn, but you're much more specific about what you need to know, when you need to know it. And any extra stuff is um, not in your your desire. Yeah. So tell yeah. us a little bit about your intellectual side there, Martha. Well, yeah, I do love um, reading and studying thing, all things about people and relationships that 
dovetail into my business. So that HBR um, seminar that they had for a day um, was just one example of that. But if you see my office, I've got, I had to add a bookshelf in my office a couple of years ago because I was, I had them stacked up all over my (laughs) office and I went, let's go find a bookshelf. Yeah. (laughs) So we added another bookshelf in my office. Yeah. So, and I just love to learn. I um, loved being in college. I had a great experience both on the learning side, but also on the social side, but which fed not just my um, driving forces, it fed my behavioral needs as well. But yeah, and I love teaching because I find when I am doing a training program, I always learn something from what other people ask or what they say to me. So, and I've I've done it in Sunday school too. You know, when I would teach, I always learn more from the people that share things with me than, you know, I I had going into the training program. So I think that's fair. You know, anytime mm -hmm. you teach something, you learn you just, you become an expert in that. You have to, A, to be able to answer yeah. questions and just the dialogue that you have with your students or your participants really right. just adds to that. So yeah, yeah. Interesting. Right. I like, I like your concept of going to college and that high eye, you know, you probably had study groups and things like that because you probably love to learn, but you love to learn around other people and influence yeah. and stuff. So I can, I can see that happening. But, but when it came to finals, I would be up in, the top of the library in the carols. For those of you that don't know what that is, (laughs) it's like this maze of old books. And then they have little, little desks tucked back in there. So I would get in there just so I wouldn't be distracted because I'm easily distracted. (laughs) With being receptive and in high. Squirrel. (laughs) Yeah. All right. So your third one is still on the extreme side, Martha, your extreme personality and all in all directions. Yeah. Um, the next, the next topic is utility. And so the two sides of this are resourceful and selfless, and it's, it's how you are driven to get things done. So Martha is on the resourceful side, uh, just to level set. Her score is a 83. The mean the average is a 42 and then that standard deviation above and below the mean is between 20 and about 65 so once Mm -hmm. again martha falls outside of the norm um into this resourceful stage and so somebody who's resourceful the definition is always looking for some kind of exchange for from their investment either it's make it i always just kind of say better faster stronger um, she, she's looking to make things more efficient or to make money or to get some kind of return or efficiency mm-hmm. from her input. So how does this show up in your life, Martha? Yeah. Well, I, you know, I always think about when I started my business, but yeah. <laughs> because there's some real um, kind of bad stories there, but I, I, I just have always um, had this expectation of myself that if I'm preparing for a test in school, I would, I mean, over-prepare. And when I get ready to launch a new training program, I over-prepare for it so that I can reap the benefit of that, whether it was a good grade in school 
or positive feedback from my clients with the training that I conducted for them. So yeah, I don't want to waste my time, talent, energy, money. I expect a return on that investment. And I, I think that's probably pretty typical for an entrepreneur mm-hmm. that, that they're going to be driving for that top line and that bottom line result and being resourceful enables me to be able to do that. And I think entrepreneurs have an idea. They have a product, they have a service that they want to bring to the world. And if they can um, be careful how they prepare and deliver that. So there's enough left to be able to do more of that and help more people uh, that would show up. It's interesting that your first example had to do with preparing for a class because there's that intellectual popping back in, Right. right? Right. So they're all intertwined. Yeah, they really are. Um, yeah. they, and they, they play off together. Excellent. Yeah. And so if I see um, somebody, let's say that I'm coaching, that's doing a whole lot of something that is not helping them be successful, I have to like bite my tongue right. because this resourceful motivator that I have is in my mind, I'm saying, well, why are you doing that? Why on earth? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. You're never going to get a return on that. But, you know, again, they're wired differently from me. And probably one of my biggest challenges becoming a coach of others is managing myself. Yeah. Because it's real easy to be judgy and to think something about something may that someone may tell you. And, you know, a coach's best friend is being in that neutral zone. So, you know, it's created a lot of discipline in me to slow down and listen and not be judgy so that I can be effective with what I do with my clients. I think that's a good point. And and something that we always try to stress when we talk about driving forces is that I think we know intellectually that people are driven by different things. But you just can't help but wonder, why wouldn't you, people be driven by the same thing? Why wouldn't you want to make things better, faster, stronger? You know, right. no. The, so the opposite of resourceful is selfless. And it's it's not so much as altruistic as it is completing tasks for the sake of completion. They don't right. want to see how fast they can do it. They don't want to see how much money they can save. They just want to do it and do a good job and go from start to finish without all these pressures on it. Whereas yeah. the resourceful person likes that pressure. Like they want to win. They want to make it more efficient. They want to see how, how fast they can do it or how yeah. good they can do it. And um, mm-hmm. not everybody's like that. So yeah, that's a good point that we have to remember that when we're working with other people and especially Martha, if you think about it, all four of her drivers fall outside the norm, way outside mm-hmm. the norm. So this is what's, it's going to be really hard for you. I would think Martha mm-hmm. too allow other people to be so different, you know, which just seems so wrong (laughs) to most of us Um, because not only are they falling outside, you know, right. The mean you're, you're way outside the mean. So it's like, and and I joke about how this is how annoying you are to other people or how frustrated you might get with other people. It works both ways. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Being neutral Uh, is key. And, you know, Sandy and I preach all the time about everybody's different and, just, you know, you really have to look at it as they're complimentary to me. 
Yes. Right. Yes. And, and, and not get in that judgment zone because it's not going to do me any good or them any good to go there. No. Um, but it, it does push a little button. It just does, honestly. I think, yeah. Martha, you've got really great self-awareness mm-hmm. when we talk about emotional intelligence, where cognitively she can shut that off and not emotionally mm-hmm. go, what are you talking about? You're wasting so much money or time or this or that. <laughs> All right. Your last one is objective. And this is Mm -hmm. um, when we're talking about surroundings, people who are driven by functionality, objectivity. I always say uh, function over form. Mm -hmm. And I will say that, okay, so the opposite of this is harmonious, where peace, love, beauty, balance. And I started laughing when you talked about your stack of books on your desk or on your floor that's such an objective person. It's like, these are my books and here they are. It's the harmonious person who's going to say, can we please put these in a bookshelf? And it's like, you were kind of probably forced or shamed to put those in a bookshelf and get them off the floor. Um, but the objective person is once, once things in reach, it makes sense to them. It doesn't care how pretty it is. I, this is the stuff that I need and like, and want near me. Right. 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 So when I think about having this as my number four, I always reflect back on my corporate days where I was working in a company that was a small company to begin, well, small to midsize that got very, very large. And through all of that growth, I mean, things were like crazy. We did like 17 acquisitions and integrations over like a five-year period. And I mean, I was in my element. I mean, and yes. that's crazy, but just so, so busy. And I, I remember even being on my second um, maternity leave with my daughter and we had a deal closing and I set up a little office down in the basement. This was, you know, pre, um, pre-Zoom from yeah. home. Yeah. <laughs> um, and I kept working up until, you know, D-Day and, cut it off after that. But yeah, I mean, and the kind of crazier it is, the more I can like zone in on what my priorities are and what I need to do and what I can get done realistically. And I I mean, thank goodness I'm not in that environment anymore because I really am in control of my time and what I do with my energy now, comparatively speaking. I wonder if this high objective, and I don't, I don't think I explained what it was, but Martha's score is a 79. Uh, the U.S. average is 50. Mm-hmm. Standard deviation falls between about a 28 and about a 72. So she's just outside the line, but she's still past that 68%. She's above that. Yeah. Um, you know, and I bet your objectivity helps with what we were just talking about. When you're dealing with lots of different people who are different than you, it mm-hmm. doesn't stress you out. You know, you don't have to have everything calm and peaceful and just like you, they Mm -hmm. can be the opposite of you and their driving forces. And Mm -hmm. you're okay with that. It's, it's a different kind of chaos, but it's more probably an internal chaos of why aren't they trying new things? And why aren't they researching this? And why aren't they more like me or driven by the same things I am? And that activity is like, I'm good. And I, I will tell you that I do prepare before each coaching session just to get really mentally prepared because everybody is so different and different from me. Cindy and I are like sisters from another mother, but, but with my clients, I just have to get 
centered and zoned in on, you know, where they're going to calibrate, not where I may optimally calibrate. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we'll go on to a couple of features that this report, and this is the talent insights report that we're looking at. The driving forces section also um, shares some strengths and some potential weaknesses that Martha may have. And so we'll, we'll, go through a couple of these because I've got two pages I want to share with you. But so potential strengths, Martha sees new ways to accomplish routine tasks. You you talked about yeah. your example. Well, and um, if it's, if it's routine, it's boring to me. Yeah. There's <laughs> so I'm, create, I'm creating some other way. <laughs> yeah. Open to new ideas and methods and opportunities back to that seminar that you were talking about. Mm-hmm. Uh, she draws m- from many systems and ways of thinking to create something new. True. That is that receptive and probably some of that intellectual Mm -hmm. coming out as well. Yeah. Uh, Focuses on facts and information. I can do that. (laughs) Continually seeks new knowledge and information. Mm -hmm. True. Um, Yeah. These are all things we talked about. Let's move over to the weaknesses. That's more fun. All right. So knowing what we know about the driving forces, uh, it says here potential weaknesses. Martha may question every system and every step in a system. What does that mean to you? Yeah, I I don't see myself really doing that um, because if I have a process that's working for me, I'm going to play it out and and try to improve it. But um, really questioning every step in a system. Uh, I don't think so. What if it's a new exposure to you? Like, do you ask, why is it done this way? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. If I see a easier way to get it done, especially. Yeah, for sure. So that's part of that resourceful kicking in too, right? It is. It is. So one of the things about receptive, that first driving force is they, they tend to question the status quo. When if something doesn't seem right, somebody who's receptive is typically one to ask, you know, why do we do it this way? And they need a better answer than, well, that's the way we've always done it. So that coupled with resourceful, my gosh, you know, you're really going to want to kick in and and make that a a more efficient system. Yeah. Um, She seeks, she may seek change for the sake of change. I think that's true. Yeah. Yeah. If it's the same old, same old then I'll change it up just because. (laughs) She may resist systems or structures that are forced on her. Yeah. Yeah. I don't like rules. That's um, kind of that high D and I think combinations. So if it's too constraining, um, I feel like it's um, oppressive. Yeah. And again, same with that receptive too. You you don't, you're not looking, you're not seeking to fit into something greater than you. Mm -mm. You're so. Yeah. Martha can value discovery over other priorities. I think that's the intellectual (laughs) rabbit hole. Do you ever find yourself going deeper and deeper? And I do, I I do. And then all of a sudden I realize how much time I just wasted. Yeah, I'm I go just gonna okay, look at one get back thing, on it. <laughs> one thing on Google, but then it took me to all these different things, you know. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, they get lost in that knowledge seeking quite often. And one of the things that I do every week is I have someone that helps me 
to find articles, relevant leadership articles to post on social media. So I'll, I won't open every article to read it because the titles are pretty self-explanatory, but sometimes I'll open it. And then, you know, at the end of an article, there's more leads to other articles and I'll jump into one of those and go, okay, I got to stop. Now you remember why you hired somebody to help you. So you would not get lost in those rabbit holes. Yeah. Yeah. You may be perceived as a workaholic. Now you just told on yourself when you were pregnant, how you are supposed to be on maternity leave and created an office in the basement. So yeah, I, I worked like a fiend in my corporate days and, you know, getting my business started. And, and now I feel like, I, you know, I have, you know, good control of my time management and it's not overdone and overly stressful. So that's a good thing. And then the last potential weakness, she may tend to miss the overall experience by focusing only on the tangible components. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I think that's probably true. Um, not that I like all the roses. Yeah, not that I like to do things in all the time in a stepwise way because I would get bored with that. But, um, but yeah, I think I think sometimes I, I can do that, and I'm guilty of that. Yeah. All right, and the last page I wanted to share with everybody is potential energizers and potential stressors. And a key thing to remember is what might energize Martha is going to be stressful for somebody else. Because remember, we're just looking at Martha's particular driving forces. So energizer, Martha enjoys exploring possibilities. Yes, I do. And then on the other side, Martha does not enjoy working with restrictions. Mm -mm. So she likes that receptive open part and that she's not a rule follower too. So those work well together. Now, please remember, we don't, there's no correlation between your DISC score and your driving forces score. So just because Martha likes to explore and doesn't want to be restricted, you can see that through her low C, but that doesn't mean that's causing it at all. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That's how it manifests itself. So she is energized by thinking outside of the box. Mm-hmm. And therefore frustrated by repetitive acts. Yeah, I get really bored with rinse and repeat. Now, I will tell you the other day, <laughs> I was doing, I was, oh, I know what I was doing. I was fixing dinner. And for some reason, doing that had a calming effect on me. It was repetitive. I was chopping a salad, it was very repetitive, but but it was very calming for some reason. Mm -hmm. So I don't know if that's just, you know, age and experience or I'd had a hectic day and that I needed that repetitive stuff to calm me down. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. And it wasn't something new. So it wasn't Mm -mm. altruistic. Okay. Mm -mm. Uh, Martha's energized by creating new systems, does not like to follow outdated processes. Yeah. You know, there are the opposite of, I don't think we talked about this, but the opposite of receptive is structured where people right. are looking for processes that are already set up and they want to fit into that. And they don't question the norm. Mm-hmm. If it, you know, if it's working now, don't, if it ain't broke, don't fix it kind of attitude. Yeah. So, yeah. well, and I think about um, from time to time, Cindy and I'll consult with one another about 
yeah, I was thinking about doing this and will you just hear me out and bounce ideas off of each other um, when I feel like I need a voice of reason to make sure I'm not just going out in la-la land to do something strange with a client, you know. That's so probably that's smart because if you, if you think about how far outside the box you are on a lot of these things, getting that reality check right from someone in the general population, the general prison population, such as myself, you know, I can give you my opinion on that. So yeah, yeah, yeah it's great. Martha will learn continuously and is stressed when knowledge is restricted. Yeah. Do you find that it slows you down sometimes when you're, when you're, does it make it harder for you to take a next step if you don't feel like you know enough about something yet? Oh, no. Mm-mm. I You know, I, I feel like I can um, grasp concepts pretty quickly and move on. That's one of the um, criticisms sometimes of the higher, um, higher intellectual is that they, they may not feel ready to take that first step because there's more mm-hmm. to know. But I think when Martha's, you know, D kicks in, it's like, you know what, it'd be nice to know more, but I got to get to the results right away. And so that's how mm-hmm. those things can play off each other. Interesting. Yeah. yeah. Um, she likes to be compensated based on performance. Martha yes. wants to be prepared to please her clients. So they'll come back and they'll mm-hmm. make references for her. She's stressed yeah. when others ignore the return on investment. Yeah. yeah. Typically uh, people who are high resourceful don't like to see things wasted. Right. Exactly. And I, I mentioned that before about holding my tongue when someone's like going around the bend for the 40th time. <laughs> yeah. We could be moving on. Yeah. And then yeah. finally she appreciates functionality and might be more stressed when the, the focus is only on the harmonious. Right. It's got to still work. Right. But the, but the irony of that is really probably about a year or so before COVID, I really got into yoga. But if you think about, you know, my, my total profile, I need yoga. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I need something to help me manage my edges and, uh, you know, find peace and be satisfied with things as they are. And that's been a wonderful way, um, which sounds very harmonious, but yeah. it's, it's been a great balancer for me. Yeah. Well, it took you that long to find it. So therefore you weren't <laughs> seeking it out. And Martha that's lives right. in a beautiful area of Georgia, beautiful mountainous. So many, she keeps sending these pictures that make me jealous. So then I have to try to counteract her with my pictures of the beach. Cause I'm down that's in right. Florida now. So that's yeah. right. Yeah. Yeah. Best of both worlds. Well, I think this was, this was fun and it kind of shows how you can grow based Mm -hmm. on not only your disc, but also your driving forces. You know, how can you grow the sides that are opposite of you or grow in your tolerance for differences Mm -hmm. than you, Mm -hmm. you know, realizing other people, we can, we can flip flop the stressors and um, energizers around and you'll be right up somebody else's alley, right? Yeah. And I remember sharing driving forces with a client one time and I go, so, and we would read it and I didn't get much of a reaction from them. So then I gave them an example of it and they go, 
Oh God. Yeah, that's me. (laughs) But you know, sometimes just reading a definition doesn't do it. You have to bring it home with a story. Yeah, that's Um, true. Yeah. Yeah. It, it does. When you stop and think of, well, when, when was the time when this worked? And, you know, there's, like I said, there's 12 driving forces. The next set of four are situational or sometimes that will kick in. There are certain situations where one of mm-hmm. these will kick in. And I think just as important as a low disc score, your low driving forces scores as well, because this shows you things that, that you're just indifferent to. They are not going to motivate you and you, and they may even kind of repel you from right. action. And that's right. important to know. Imagine if you're trying to drive somebody or motivate them by a driving force that's in their bottom four, it's, it's going to backfire horribly. Yeah. yeah. And if, if we even bothered to look at my bottom, my indifferent driving forces, they are on the opposite end of the continuum of my top four. Yeah. That's which makes sense. It often is how it works. Yeah. Yeah. Well, all right. Well, this was fun. Yeah. We appreciate you reviewing all that. We'll keep growing this spring and there's, you know, there's one more part of this report. Maybe we can talk about that in the near future. And it's, it takes what you did with me, my disc, what I did with you, your driving forces, and blends those two together. What does it look mm-hmm. like to be a high resourceful high D? You right. Know, what are the good and the bad that those yeah. can come with? So it's it's, it's yeah. a great report. So yeah, excellent. Right. If you are listening to this on audio, remember to go to Facebook, look at Disky Chicks Podcast, and you can see our smiling faces. We are uncut. You see us stumble and fumble through Zoom and our hair and all those other things. And, <laughs> um, and you'll be able to see some of the graphs that we were talking about if I did not do an adequate job describing them to you. But we, whatever the premise, we'd love for you to share your comments with us. We'd love to answer your questions. Please share, like us, um, subscribe to the podcast and we'll see you next week. Yes. All right. Bye-bye. Bye. Thanks to all of you continuous learners for listening in with Cindy and me today. We are passionate about the power of the DISC behavior assessment, and we love bringing it to you and your clients. We invite you to visit our website at diskychicks.com. There you will find a link to all of our podcasts, and you can listen to previous episodes and subscribe. Also on our website, you can try a DISC assessment for yourself. Just click the link, take the short assessment, and we'll quickly send you the results. Also, check us out as well on Facebook and Instagram. We can't wait to hear from you. See you next week on the Disky Chicks Podcast. Thank you for listening to the Disky Chicks Podcast. Never miss an episode by subscribing today. To learn more or start a conversation with Cindy and Martha, visit the Disky Chicks Podcast Facebook page.